Hi everyone. Um, we want to welcome you to another uh, Rocky River United Methodist Church podcast, um, and we're going to be continuing our family session. This is session number three, um, and of course, I really, Paul and I, as always, want to thank everyone who's been listening to these and beginning wonderful feedback and. Um, We've been really excited each week to provide these um, for you, and we're hoping that these podcasts are strengthening and encouraging your faith and hopefully also challenging you um, as they challenge us to live differently um, as we study the faith and what God has to say about our lives. And um, even in this unique situation that we live in today, um, there's still much growth that we can make in our faith. Um, And I think... Um, these podcasts has really helped us, and I hope I hope that they help you as well. So today, today we're going to be tackling the final, third and final session about family, and today we're going to try to answer questions about parenting. Um, I know Paul is really an expert in this field. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know much, do you? So we're going to have Paul start off here with our first question. Um, if God were to draw up a job description for a Christian parent, what would that consist of? So, yeah, nothing like a, a good, lighthearted question to get us started. But um, I, I'm going to be really pastoral and, and uh, preachy with, with the answer here. and It's going to sound uh, cliche, but to me it all starts with recognizing that our our role as a parent uh, is primarily to help uh, our child come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and raise them up to be uh, disciples of Jesus Christ who will disciple other people, who will disciple other people and, and, and their own kids and their grandkids right on down the line. Um, to me, the, the very core of, of parenting is this need to uh, spread the gospel and, and impact others and our role as parents puts us in the absolute best position to be able to effectively do that in the life of another individual in this world. Uh, just so happens to be our, our child. Um, a lot of people would look at this question and say, well, I thought you know, our, our first job as a parent was simply to love our child um, and that giving them Jesus is, is something that we do uh, on the side, essentially. But to me, um, giving them Jesus is loving them. I'd, I'd much rather phrase it as, I, I'm going to um, introduce my child to Jesus and uh, raise them up in the faith and in doing so love them rather than I'm going to love my child unconditionally and also introduce them to Jesus because I think that the two go one and the same but I think we need to see the whole thing in the context of, of introducing them and, and raising them uh, in a faith of, in Jesus Christ. Uh, Psalm 78 illustrates this I think uh, quite nicely. I won't read it word for word, but uh, there are portions of it that talk about, uh, I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things, things from of old, so things that people have passed to me, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. Uh, we will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children So the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. This is uh, at the very root of of the gospel, God's plan for humanity, is us uh, organically kind of passing uh, the torch to the next generation to carry that that torch of faith. 
Uh, so I, I kind of broke this down. Uh, we said, what would the job description look like? Uh, we already discussed what our, our primary role, the, the position that we're playing as parents is. Uh, what sort of qualifications do we have to have in order to be successful? One, we have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ ourselves, right? Uh, we have to be able to model, uh, exemplify everything we want our kids to, to do and, and become. We have to be able to do it first and be it first uh, if we want to be successful. Uh, two, we have to love our kids just like God loves us. We're going to pass on God's love to them. We have to love them the same way God loves us. And, of course, that means showing them uh, compassion and, and grace and nurturing and caring. Uh, but it also means uh, helping them to uh, see and experience uh, discipline and, and structure on occasion, uh, that they would understand that there are expectations of them and, and uh, that the, uh, them living into their faith is, is something that's important, it's critical, and uh, that we would hold them accountable to certain things. Uh, the Bible talks very openly, there's a passage in Hebrews uh, about um, children being disciplined by their parents. If you're not disciplined, uh, then you are not a legitimate child, not a true son or daughter. Um, so, you know, the Bible makes it very clear we are to discipline our children, not to, to turn them into robots, uh, but that to help them experience uh, both the, the compassionate and graceful love of God, but also the, the tough love that expects something meaningful out of them and uh, expects them to live a, a, a meaningful, productive life as disciples of Jesus Christ in this world. And finally, what are your duties as parents? You got qualifications, you got this job description, what are your duties? Well, they're gonna look a lot like um, witnessing uh, to anybody out there about your faith in Jesus Christ. It's gonna come through relationship. Your relationship with your child is the way you pour into them your faith and fulfill your duty. So you're gonna spend time with them uh, so that who you are can rub off on them. You're gonna teach them directly from God's word so that they're connected directly to God through an understanding of his word. You're going to teach them how to pray. You're going to teach them how to worship. All these ways so they have a direct connection to God, not just through you, uh, but themselves in their own personal relationship with God. You're going to give them an experience of Christian community. Um, you're going to model what it means to serve other people, to witness to other people. And you're going to continue to work on your own character at all times. Never be content and show them uh, that you're still a work in progress along the way as well. So that's my full job description uh, for a Christian parent, uh, probably more than we needed to break down, but uh, I thought the question was um, very revealing and, and a powerful one. Stephen, uh, what, what are your thoughts on this job description for a Christian parent? Yeah, I, obviously I agree with just about everything Paul laid out there, um, and he said a lot of the same things that uh, I would also say. Um, I also know that um, I, so just a little bit of uh, context. I have two kids at home. My oldest is four and my youngest is two. Um, she's going to be turning three soon. So I still have really young kids at home. And I think Paul has, what, do you have, what ages are your kids? Uh, 18, 14, and 13. Yeah. So, ways from yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. so we're kind of covered from two different, uh, a little bit two different worlds, but the same principles apply that Paul um, spoke about when it comes to teenagers, the same principles apply when it comes to young kids. Um, I will say though, when Paul talked about uh, making sure that you're doing your duties, um, I'm 
literally cleaning up duty. Is that how you say it? <laughs> yes. So uh, I, I will say my my uh, um, two-year-old always seems to leave me a great uh, morning gift, usually when I wake up and it's changing diapers. So, um, but being a still, I guess, a young parent, um, one thing you realize is that parenting is very complex and is difficult. And, and I think the one of the best ways to answer it is kind of to speak broadly. Um, you know, there's, there's no cookie cutter way of being a parent necessarily. And, um, this, this is made most obvious. I'm sure many of you who've had kids that when you first had, had your first child and, um, and you're trying to raise that child, you and your spouse probably had two completely different ideas how to raise that young child. And it just reveals the complexities um, of parenting and, and and my wife Emily and I both had Christian parents so and we were raised in, in Christian homes but those Christian homes were still very different and you realize that when you're raising your own child and, and it's kind of a balancing act of more morphing both those Christian homes into a new home really um, so I think again broadly speaking um, parenting is about really resembling Christ um, to your children. It's it's patience and grace and truth, forgiveness, mercy, and love. Um, and it's exemplifying those those traits as a parent. Um, and it, it's really important, especially as your kids are growing in their faith and they're trying to come into an understanding of God. Um, it, being a parent plays a lot into, into that. Um, I've talked to many students who have a hard um, time understanding God because of what their parents have done or, or have said. Um, so our, our parenting plays a huge role in how our kids understand the Christian faith. Um, and also, I think it's really important. This And again, we always want to mention that those who are listening who may not have kids or didn't have kids or um, that I think many of the broad principles that relate to parenting, a parenting relationship can relate also to having a relationship with anyone else. And I do believe that and I have seen that couples who have not had kids of their own have had great influence on the kids in their sphere of influence, you know. So, um, but also I just want to point out too that as parents, we're also being parented. And Paul kind of mentioned this in his and what he had answered. Um, it's important to realize as parents that we're also being parented by God. Um, and God parent, parents us for, it's a lifelong process, and it's a lifelong change um, for us, and, and it's growing more and more to love our Heavenly Father. Um, and it's using that experience as a parent and growing in that relationship with God, um, applying those principles to our own children. So it, it makes it a little bit easier, you know, to have patience and grace um, when you realize that God has given you patience and grace and I know many times when I think about my own parenting, I'm, I'm very thankful that the Lord doesn't parent me the same way I parent my kids. Um, I'm not a perfect parent, um, and, and I do my best to apply what I, what I know in my faith and in my relationship with Jesus, but I'm not a perfect parent, and I'm so glad that I'm being parented by a perfect parent who is our Heavenly Father. Um, so our next question is, what are, so Paul, what are for you, I know it says you broadly. What are the greatest challenges for parents today, and how can we overcome those? 
Yeah, thank you for making that personal for me, Steve. <laughs> yeah. What are my greatest challenges? Uh, well, no doubt everything I would mention is, is certainly something I, I struggle with or have struggled with in the past. Um, so we'll, we'll be honest, that we are far from perfect in this regard. Uh, but uh, what are the greatest challenges specifically today uh, to being a, a Christian parent and accomplishing Fulfilling our job description, our task is uh, bringing our children to know Christ and to live as disciples. Uh, my mind went first uh, to this concept of, of um, sharing our faith with somebody through relationship, right? And uh, in every relationship, um, if you're trying to learn from the, the other party in that relationship, you need that, that example, that model that they set to be pristine. It's got to be sharp, a sharp image. It's got to be perfect uh, for me to, to learn and, and glean from them uh, what I need to. I thought of uh, the game Telephone. You play this game Telephone where you know somebody um, whispers something in, in somebody's ear and then you continue to try and pass that same message from one person to the next. The more people it gets passed uh, through, the, the less it resembles the initial message uh, because we distort the, the message as we go. Um, I think our biggest, maybe our biggest struggle as parents is um, effectively representing uh, Jesus Christ to our kids because I think that uh, more and more in, in this modern era or, or the furthest we get from Jesus's time on earth, uh, the harder it is to, uh, to model this, this image of who Christ uh, was and who he wants us to be because what we pass down and what we represent from each generation to generation is less and less like um, what Jesus uh, represented for us during his ministry. And I think the, the image starts to get hazy. Uh, so I think the, the most important thing we can do as parents is to be as Christ-like as we possibly can be. And in this modern era, um, I'm sure everybody <laughs> at different points throughout history that called themselves the modern era and had different challenges. Everybody has said this throughout history. But um, for our modern era, uh, the challenges are unique and, and seemingly more intense than they have been in the past with uh, materialism and uh, technology and um, just uh, so many superficial relationships and, and realities out there. Uh, it's so hard to live out our faith and, and represent Jesus Christ and live as he did in the world that we currently live in. So I think one of our biggest struggles is, is being Jesus to our kids in an effective way. Another challenge uh, for parents in raising their kids to, uh, to see their Christian faith as uh, important, to see it as their primary identity, is helping their kids accept that this means that they're going to be different, right? They're, they're going to, in some ways, going to have to accept they're going to be different than their classmates, different than other kids around them. Their, their family is going to live under a different set of rules, different set of values. Uh, they're going to do some things differently. And, uh, you know, this is not a challenge unique just to Christianity. Uh, throughout history, many families have tried to live out this principle of instilling things in their kids that the, the larger populace around them um, do not relate to or, or don't understand. Like if you're uh, an immigrant to a, a country, you want to bring the values and the lifestyle traditions you had with you, and your kids are immersed in a, a new culture that's different than that, and they're trying to to learn both and, and hang on to what you teach them about the old, but also live in the new. Um, 
people struggle with that all the time have always done that uh, whether it's it's immigrants or or just people bringing old traditions into new situations uh, but for Christians we're not just you know trying to mix in a few different traditions uh, for our kids that are different than other people we we're telling them that their core identity is is different than the kids sitting next to them in the seat because that child has not accepted Jesus Christ and has not made the decision to follow Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's a, a tough pill for a kid to swallow. And uh, not only are we telling them they're supposed to be different, uh, but we're also telling them that they are supposed to uh, try and help other people change to be like them or to believe what they believe, which in our modern day society, this whole live and let live, everybody's allowed to be different as long as they don't infringe on my right to be who I am. Uh, Christianity even asks us to contradict that message and we're telling our kids not only are you supposed to be different but you're supposed to tell your kids to tell their classmates that they're supposed to change and be like them uh, so kids have it tough kids have it tough trying to live that out and accept that um, but I think as parents we have to commit to the process 100% we can't just let our kids take charge and the first time they're uncomfortable with who they are or we're telling them that they are or how they're supposed to live, we, we throw in the towel and say, okay, you know, we're just gonna let you be like everybody else, we can't do that. Um, we help them out by surrounding them with the strong Christian community, making sure that they're fully immersed in, in a healthy church community where they see other kids that are also different, but they're different in the same ways that they're different, so they can feel the strength of, of numbers in that. And, uh, and I think we need to find ways as parents to show our kids that there are uh, many, many benefits. Hopefully they'll learn it for themselves as they get older, but benefits to being Christian. There's a list of things maybe that they can't do or that they don't do because of it, but there are also many things they can experience that other kids aren't, like a powerful worship experience or the ability to go serve people in need and, and get the reward that comes from that. Um, all of these uh, to, to experience true community intimate community other kids are are thirsting for that our kids have that and others don't so help them to see and, and celebrate the things that do make them uh, special um, and that the benefits of being a Christian in the midst of people who aren't uh, but it is a a challenge, and I got one more, but I'm gonna let Stephen. Uh, maybe he'll cover what I have to say, and, and let me stop talking for a while. What do you got for us, Stephen? Oh, um, yeah. So I think for um, the way I answered this question, I, I kind of took it kind of quite literally. What's the greatest challenge for parents today? Um, and I and I think obvious. You got obviously you got to mention. Um, the virus and I and I agree wholeheartedly with everything that Paul said and so I'm just kind of like piggybacking off what he's saying um, and and I and I think the greatest challenge for parents today um, is really giving our children our full attention um, and, and whether we're, I think as parents our greatest challenge a lot of times is being distracted and whether distracted by good or bad things it's giving our children our full attention or being present um, I think is one of the greatest challenges I know for myself, um, and I would I would suspect parents out there listening would probably relate, um, especially during this time of the COVID nineteen and um, when parents are working from home and balancing work and home life is very difficult. Um, sometimes, sometimes really, the beauty of work and home uh, before the virus is that you could be in two different places. You know, you could have your work environment, and then you 
then you can go home and, and be a little bit more focused on the kids. Um, but when work and home um, come together in one place, um, really makes that tension um, that much harder. Um, and I just know that it, it, it's certainly not an easy balancing act. Um, and even when there are times you're spending time with your family, your mind can be a million miles away because you just got an email on your phone or you just got a, a bing on your laptop or whatever, and now you have now your mind is distracted. Um, I know for myself it's being fully present with my kids is the greatest challenge I face, and even with the little device that we all hold in our pockets, our phones can be um, this open portal into, into a way that we can just get away. Um, and sometimes we use our phones as can be a, dis a major distraction to being fully present with our kids. And I know with having young kids, um, they can't fully vocalize it, but they are fully aware when I'm not fully present. Um, they, you can tell how they react, and sometimes they even act out because they're just trying to get my attention. Um, and of course that makes me feel really bad and really guilty, but um, it, to be very honest, it reveals the challenge um, that you face when working from home and, and just trying to keep that balance up. And, and I think many of the principles that Paul has laid out um, when it comes to the greatest challenge we face as parents and, and the principles he laid out earlier and the first question all apply here. And I, and I think I really believe that home life is one of the best breeding grounds for growing our Christian faith, um, perhaps even the greatest challenge um, is growing our faith in the midst of our family because our family knows the most about us. They see us at our weakest moments. They, they see us without the mask, per se. Um, they know everything. Literally, right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. The only ones that see us the mask. <laughs> yeah, literally. So it, it, I think this is, in some ways, is a, is a good opportunity for us to grow our faith in the midst of our family and then for our kids to see that. Um, they see that mom and dad are really trying to grow their faith. They see that mom and dad aren't perfect. Um, and, and I know for myself, even when I, for my kids, when I have to say, forgive me or I apologize, it's, it's an act of humility um, to say that. And it really helps grow my faith in general. Um, so I just hope that those out there listening, um, that you're aware that we're all, everyone is facing challenges. You're not alone. Um, even though we're all social distancing right now, um, but you're definitely not alone in, in the challenge that we face with parenting kids at home. Um, yeah, you said, uh, Stephen, your kids aren't old enough to vocalize <laughs> when they get uh, frustrated when they feel like you're distracted in, in parenting that my kids are. And occasionally <laughs> we do hear that. When your mom, dad, get off your phone. You know, we're, we're trying to have family time, and, and there's no more awful feeling than hearing those words come out of your kid's mouth because we do get distracted and we do lose focus. Um, the only other thing I was going to point out that's a big struggle that I think fits neatly right in this the context of this part of the conversation is um, all of the all of the uh, sources of, of other voices and messages that our kids are immersed in day in and day out and I think this is a new and unique challenge for our uh, contemporary um, time period that others in the past haven't faced. Um, you know, 
if we're trying to, if our goal is to communicate our faith to our kids and we're trying to do so in a, in a, a bunch of different ways every day as we interact with them, every time we somehow communicate God's love to our kid, there are a hundred other voices at the same time that are communicating to our children other messages, mixed messages, even conflicting messages with what we're saying to them because of uh, cell phones, because of the internet, because of social media, uh, because there's a million different devices. We get devices in, in every room of our house that connect them with all this information, this flow of um, people's opinions and voices and messages and and uh, even outside the house, they get their earbuds in and, and they're reading signage or, you know, they got their screens in front of them still and, and even uh, being exposed to different pop-ups that they're not even looking for something. Something else pops up and tries to grab a hold of them. Um, that is a, an incredible challenge is, um, you know, keeping our kids focused on what really matters in life with all of these other messages, uh, all these other voices yelling in their ear. And I think as parents, um, we have we, we can't we, we need to try, uh, but we can't combat all of that. We can't silence every other voice uh, that can be dangerous for our kids. There's just no way. So we have to we have to model it. We have to model first of all not allowing ourselves to get distracted, or else they grow up seeing that and, and mimicking that in us. And two, we have to teach them to be discerning. We have to help them be able to pick out the right voices to listen to versus the wrong ones and uh, enforce that as needed to make sure that they're making wise choices. Uh, but man, that's, <laughs> it is so tough in, in today's world because once again, it puts them in a situation where we're silencing voices and uh, their friends are listening to those voices and so they're different than their friends because they're not allowed to, to watch this or listen to this or connect to this social media. Uh, so our problems are almost overlapping with one another and, and I'm looking at uh, a summer coming up 2020 where you know my kids are going to be out of school soon and they're not going to really potentially be able to play with friends they're not going to have activities you know they're not going to go to camp go to vbs um, go to youth activities and functions uh, they are going to have nothing virtually to do except for everything virtual to do um, and it terrifies me that i that I, i'm going to have to try and monitor everything my kids are doing and give them meaningful activities throughout the summer. And uh, just know parents that were in those, those same uh, positions, those same struggles and trying to figure it out. Um, so feel free in the comment section, let us know what you're thinking and, and where you're gonna go this summer with how to address uh, that particular need. Uh, let's uh, turn to question number three. Is that all right with you, Stu? Yeah, yep. All right, so uh, last one we have for you. What scriptures have best informed your role as parents and what, uh, uh, biblical parents, if any, have taught us the most about uh, parenting, whether positive or negative. So what scriptures, uh, Stephen, jump out to you? Yeah, so I have, uh, um, I'll share two of the verses, and I, I know one, well, I have three. One of them I know that you have also, because we, uh, we go over each other's notes. <laughs> so um, my first one is First John um, chapter 4, verse 7. And it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Um, I, I think 1 John 4, 7 is, is just a reminder that I, that I need to love as God has loved me. Um, and God is my love, my life, and my example to how I live in a relationship with anyone, um, but especially my kids. Um, and how, as I mentioned earlier, how I raise my kids affects how they see God. And 
um, especially being in the ministry, I have, I would say, the, the privilege of sharing about Jesus and sharing about Jesus' love. Um, and if I share about Jesus' love, but yet I go home and I show something else that's not love to my kids, they're going to be left confused and hurt and will end up believing that God doesn't make a real difference in someone's life. Um, so I, I think it's really important to um, to be reminded of the love that God has shown me and showing that across the board and especially to my children. Um, and the, the next verse I have is Psalms 119.10, and it, and it says, With all my heart I try... I try to serve you um, and keep keep me from disobeying your commandments. So, focusing on the first part of that verse, with all my heart, I try to serve you. It, it reminds me of the, also the passage in Matthew twenty five where Jesus talks about the sheep and the goats, and and he says that whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. And Jesus talks about those who are helping um, the poor and those in prison and those. Um, um, or starving or hungry and and everyone every time you provided for one of those Jesus said you provided for me um, so that it's important for me to realize that I'm serving God through serving my kids um, not that my kids are God they certainly <laughs> certainly are not um, but serving others is is an act of love and serving my children as if I'm serving God gives me the mindset that um, the things that I'm doing each and every day goes beyond the routine um, to make an eternal difference. And I, I think that's also one of the hardest things about parenting. It's it's the routine. It's the doing the laundry every week. It's the making the lunch and the dinner and the breakfast. And it's and it's at least for my kids, it's getting their water every five seconds. It's all these these mundane things, cleaning up all their toys, and then they race downstairs and they make a mess again. And uh, getting caught in that routine can be very discouraging but having this mindset that hey what I'm doing now is gonna help my kids in the future and what I'm doing now also is as if I'm serving the Lord having that servant mindset and that servant attitude goes a long way towards combating that sense of um, that sense of daily grind um, that that we all have every single day um, and th so those are two verses that, even though they don't speak specifically to parenting, but I, I do sp believe they speak really broadly to us as parents as principles that we're able to take away. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, I think I approached this question, and yeah, I, I grew up um, in, in an environment where I feel like taught me this, this uh, unique blend of um, parenting as being kind of the New Testament Jesus portrayal of grace and love and, and uh, mercy and comfort and gentleness and kindness um, that is a lot of what we stereotypically attribute to the Jesus of the New Testament so that our parenting would, would include all of those uh, qualities uh, but also well balanced with a kind of uh, 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 an awe and, and reverence of God and, and respect and obedience for God uh, that's portrayed more clearly in the Old Testament and that our parenting is supposed to wrap all of that up uh, into one and uh, so the you know the verses that I um, gravitated towards I think speak to that uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty four uh, is definitely that that Old, Te Old Testament reverence and obedience um, whoever spares the rod hates their children but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them 
Um, you know, I, I don't know that I would um, <laughs> I would support the specifics of this uh, passage, but I think the concept, no matter what your discipline looks like as a parent, uh, to understand that, that your child needs to understand the importance of obeying authority figures and first and foremost God and, and their parents who are representing God. So that's a uh, concept that God spent uh, many a, a chapter in the Old Testament trying to communicate to his children and we need to communicate it to our children as well. Um, and then back to that New Testament reference uh, from Hebrews 12 that I spoke to earlier. Uh, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them for it. Uh, so, you know, once again, that Old Testament reverence and, and need for discipline and obedience for God. Uh, but tempering that with the, the New Testament reference, many, uh, such as uh, Stephen just uh, quoted a couple, uh, but also I would add to that Ephesians 6, 4, I, I come back to often, I want my kids to obey, to have reverence for me and for God. I want them to respect um, authority figures, but you temper that with Ephesians 6, 4, fathers, do not exasperate your child. Uh, instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So, there's, uh, it's kind of a both and or middle grounds. Um, to, to love uh, ultimately means to both uh, care for, show kindness and, and gentleness and compassion, but also to demand respect and obedience. Uh, all of that is, is wrapped up in the word love. Um, it's not just the mushy, uh, gentle stuff. It, it's all of it, and, and we need to find a way to portray that to our kids, help them know that we love them as God loves us, uh, which is a love that wraps all of that up into one. And then finally, in my last reference, I just love the Old Testament model of um, God bringing his nation of, of children uh, into this experience of being immersed daily in this powerful, intimate relationship with him where um, he was providing for their needs and they were seeking him out. They were reading his law daily. They were respecting him. Uh, they were making sacrifices to him. He was pouring into them. They were pouring back in, into him. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Uh, friends, our, our um, families, our households are to be fully immersed in an experience of, of daily relationship with Jesus Christ. I think this passage illustrates that beautifully. Um, so that's uh, I would round out my uh, choice of scriptures uh, with that one. And uh, just speaking to the importance of making sure that our kids are seeing their identity as children of God as the most important foundational piece uh, of their lives. So that wraps up our, um, our one-week exploration of what it means to be a, a Christian parent. Uh, we hope that you listen to uh, what we said and, and not pay too much attention to what we do because Stephen and I are uh, far from perfect in this regard, but we strive uh, to, to make good decisions. And I uh, would love to learn from each other uh, and, and from you 
um, how we can always be seeking to better ourselves as parents uh, for our children. Next week, just to whet your appetite a bit, uh, we're going to turn to a new series in which we're going to focus on conflict and uh, cover it from a number of different um, contacts, situations, and angles. So uh, if you've ever had a conflict of any sort in your life, uh, next week is a good time to tune in and, and begin that journey with us. Uh, but until then, be well, uh, stay safe, uh, love your families, love your children, love whoever it is in your life that you are pouring into, whether you have children or not. Um, everybody has people in their life that God calls them to pour into. And I uh, pray you find strength and, and uh, joy in doing just that. Uh, be well, friends. Goodbye. <laughs>